Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. Phone lines are open now, so if you'd like to jump in here uh, and tell me to calm the hell down, that's fine. I'll uh, I'll take it under advisement. But 8150 yeah. 9 is the number. Uh, if you'd like to get in here, text her into the UPS shops. Text line, Dave, wants to know, will you please sing the Bath Authority jingle? I I won't right now, but I am But not always, because you don't love it. I'm always willing to sing the jingles. Pretty much. Almost always. I like our collection of jingles. Yeah, just about uh, across the board here. I like we was, buy any car. I do. That's man. I was just. Gonna, I missed the. We, yeah, we need to get that back in the rotation here. Um, that song was a banger. ALA, it's got a, a yep. lot of bangers. They yep. have a ton. That's like their whole thing now. Somebody texted in and was like, "I, y'all crap on everything that's pro KP," and I was like, "Dude, I don't know. You know, like, what do you want me to say right now? I think it's a bot, probably." I just don't. I don't get. Here's the thing: like, that wasn't even good KP article, pro KP stuff. That no. that was fantasy land, and it worries me because it's clear. Like it doesn't bring in or like buttress any of this by by quoting, citing, referring to anyone else. That's the problem, and it it's clearly the fruit of a conversation between the two of them, and it contradicts things Kenny himself has said, which just says to me like this guy does not have a plan. And this was, I guess, maybe like the, a chance to present a plan or an effort to present. Here's what my pitch would be to Josh for a year three, but it, but it undoes. Yeah, and it, it is it is the opposite of of half the stuff Kenny has said this year about how what the problem with his team is and how we would fix it. I don't think he diagnoses it properly because the diagnosis for everybody else is, dude, they don't you you don't coach defense properly. You don't have principles. They get burned the same way over and over again, you know. And he's just like, "Well, we just got to get our guys in here." Like, that's not the problem. Yeah, you're right. You went too young this year. You could have gone older. I don't have a problem with anybody you brought in, but there were, except for the the wasted scholarships on Quran and, and really Danilo, and the the vacant scholarship you left when you could have used all three of those on veterans in the portal, and not Quran Davis. That's what I'm saying. Like you could have, you you could have done all that. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Karan Davis is my favorite guy on the team. He is a fan favorite. Because <laughs> you have nothing negative really to say about his play. Exactly. He's right? loyal. Yeah, I, he was probably in the arena yesterday <laughs> at the women's game. So I just wanted to... to Would you be worried about this kid, Sanan's parents, if you found out... Like, the article says that basically they were at the Notre Dame game. Like, yeah, give me some more of this. Yeah, like, like, this is, you guys okay? Yeah. This is odd, man. This is, that's weird that that would be what clinched you. I don't know. And we're talking about a kid committing and reclassifying with the known risks of reclassify guys anyway. Yeah. We, I mean, we were we were going to we, we were having the same conversations about Trenton Flowers. Trenton Flowers, yeah. Uh, and look, I, and I'm not saying that every high profile kid is just not going to show up, and that we get to assume that because of him. But we don't get to assume they're going to show up either. But I think most people, exactly. I think most people don't, they would rather have a bunch of transfers or a bunch of kids ranked, you know, 80th and lower or whatever. 
outside of a team full of five stars that can't even recruit it because we can't see the vision with it. We it, it's that's the problem is that he's had a talent upgrade this year and there really hasn't been any like there's been some some advances. I think the expected uh, upgrade in play that comes with an upgraded talent, I think, is what we've seen this year. And an upgrade in, in chemistry and attitude, right? But just to address what Rick said in his article about everything being better than the dreadful numbers from last year, I mean, technically he's right. We're tw- 251st. I think we were 290th in the Ken Palm overall last year with our sparkling 428 record. 251st in adjusted offense. 312th in adjusted defense last year. That's insane. So defense is not better. Well, this year it's 181st in adjusted offense, which is our strength. Which is exactly mid when it comes to basketball. Exactly in the middle. Right. 233rd in adjusted defense. Neither of those as good as what they were in Chris Max last year. In Chris Max, Chris Max slash Mike Pegues' last year there. I think we were we finished like 127th, I think, in the Ken Palm, somewhere around there. And both of our adjusted offense and adjusted defense were in the top 130. It's it, which is awful, but so much better than what we are right now. If we had the 117th or whatever it was adjusted defense that we had under Chris Mack the last two years, Kenny might have won 10 to 12 games his first year, 15 games this year, maybe like something like that. You know, like not great. Maybe not that improved. I don't know. But it would have been something to be shown for. He might be looking at a year three. It just... But again, just to highlight the contradictions and just kind of the irrationality of the whole article and, and the whole point made in the article, you can't say they're better at these things than they were a year ago and then say, this is the year you're going to make staff changes. Yeah. They're better. If anything, if this was working, you should be arguing to keep them even more. But you don't really believe any of it. You're just saying whatever you think will work to get him to another To get Kenny year. a third year. That's, That's right. it. That's it. And shame on you for that. Tim, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? What's going on, boys? So I preface this with I'm neither howling, I'm not <laughs> howling, and I'm sorry I'm not going to apologize because we've won 12 games in two years. Now, before Kenny got here, 12 wins was the worst season in modern-day Louisville basketball, and we haven't, we've won 12 in two seasons. So I'm not going to apologize. Now, I don't expect Rick Bozich to come out and just, you know, trash Kenny. Right. But how about he writes an article similar to the one he wrote today about Mike Woodson? <laughs> he lays out the case today on should Mike Woodson be fired or not. Now, Mike Woodson's been to the NCAA two, the, the last two seasons. Yeah, he's having a down year by Indiana standards. I think they're still 14-14 and 14 or 14-13. 14 and 13. I'm not positive. But he won a game in the tournament last year. And Bozich writing an article on should he be fired. So I don't understand how you write that about a coach in his third season. And then you write the one you wrote about Kenny, who's in the second season. But he's only won 12 games. He hasn't even won as many games in two years as Mike Woodson has won this season. Think about that. And Bozich's out there talking about if Mike Woodson should be fired. And he's calling, saying we're howling for mentioning that Kenny Payne should be replaced. So it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand it. But um, it's almost over. We just got to get to the end. You know, two years ago, we were going to get Wagner. Remember? We were going to get Wagner and turn some of those Duke commits. Remember that? Last year, we were going to get that kid from Indiana. And now we're talking about international kids and reclass kids. Like, that has worked before, right? That's such a great history of those types of kids working out. So I don't expect Rick to – crushing but at least just keep it even among all the different programs that you're right about so take care boys appreciate it thank you so much uh there yeah i think it's fair to ask why rick can't find it in himself to hold kenny to the same standard that he held chris mack to yeah right i think it's the the, the the problem that everybody has with this is that it's just blatant that it's about kenny the man and not the program you know it's about advocating for the man because he was able to write a pretty objective article about Mike Woodson today I read I read it earlier and it's makes the case you know for why he should be on the hot seat but maybe not let go yet and why this you know what the conversations you have and he made the tournament the last two years you know like it's 
I understand that he inherited a different situation. I get it. It wasn't a great one either, though. But it wasn't great. They hadn't made the tournament under Archie Miller at all. Yeah, it wasn't great. He didn't have the NCAA cloud. We want to keep talking about that, but it's it's just a complete lack of, of standards for, for U of L, and that's the only thing that can keep Kenny around. Like, and that's why when somebody asks, well, why do you crap on anything positive about Kenny? It's like, we're not crapping on wins. I don't crap on things positive about, this isn't positive. It's not positive. It's a, it's a puff piece. Like, we're not talking about, we're not taking something positive that Kenny has done. Right. And, and crapping it on it. That's right. That's right. We're He's talking taking about, crap and trying to and make trying it And trying to spin positive. it into gold. Like, yes. it doesn't, like, just because somebody's trying to gaslight me doesn't mean I need to just take it and accept it. Like, that's not how it works. Like, we're all intelligent. We can use our own brains. We're big boys. We can look at a situation. We're big boys. Big boy pants. We can look at situations and we can figure it out on our own. You know, and this has been objectively one of the worst tires in major college basketball ever. And how come everybody else in the country can see that and there's still people just holding on to it here? And there's not many, but one of them happens to be one of the most prominent writers in the city. Alex, welcome into the drive on I Thunderbolt. What's up, bud? What happened yeah. to him? There he is. Alex, there he what's is. up, buddy? Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Listen, I, I I hope one day I can have a friend that backs me up the way Rick Bogers is backing <laughs> up King Tank. I really do. I mean, it's 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 in it's pretty impressive in all honesty. I you know, do you remember when Kenny Payne said, um, uh, "Oh, I, I'm not recruit. I'm not recruiting kids to me. I'm recruiting kids to the program. I'm looking for kids that's going to commit to the program, not to me." Well, the lot of Texas Tech says that was a lot. Like, and and this is this is why, this is exactly why he has he like, what is it? He has like the ideologies of. Calipari, like the way that he speaks and and about about recruits and blames it on players and, and staff. You know, what I'm like he has the ideologies of of of, uh, of John Calipari. But he, the problem is, he don't. My, my dad used to say this to me all the time. He would say, "You you always want to do something, but you ain't got enough ass to do it." And I didn't know what that meant until I got older. And and that's and that's how like that's exactly how like like he is like he's saying stuff but he don't have enough ass to be saying some of the stuff that he's saying or or even or even acting like he's privileged to a third like i feel like this article should have been written in in the year that never existed that that he called year zero this article should have been written then you should have been trying to remove like bring all these recruits in maybe i can get somebody to recruit man i mean i need to bring staff in like you should have been doing this in, in the year that didn't exist. But now you're trying to – honestly, it's, it's remarkable. And I will be so happy when we moved on with this and, 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 we're, and we're talking about an actual, like, genuine coach like that, that we can trust, you know. But thank you, guys. Appreciate it, uh, Alex. Thank you so much. You know what it, re- it reminds me of, Dave, a little bit? My parents used to say – uh, when you when you'd finally apologize, this whole idea of like turning over staff and such, they'd be like, "Are you sorry that you did it, or are you sorry that you got caught?" Yeah. And, and trying to hi- highlight here, like, do you regret what you did, or do you regret that you finally just got caught and called on it? And the idea that he could just go to Josh in in some sort of conversation about year three and be like, "I'm going to turn the staff over." Well, if I'm Josh, I'm like, why now? What is it about this group now that that's – do you really think that's what the problem is? Or are you offering them up to save your own ass? Yeah, sacrificing because them on the altar. that's what it sounds like to me mm-hmm. because what he's never done – and this is why having no relationship with anyone but one dude is, is a problem. Like if there were issues with the staff, deft people – deft with a T, not deaf – deft – you start laying this groundwork for this a long time ago. What about dad Ind- people? <laughs> them too. <laughs> Indirectly. Sourced, sourcedly. Mm-hmm. And, and people start, you start getting that narrative out there that it's a problem. But there's, it does, it's too late for all of that. The point is, they are better than a year ago. It now makes less sense to make staff changes than it did after last year. Last year was a chance to be like, we blew it, but please, bear with me. 
we're gonna get this thing figured out. But instead, it was, I know what I'm doing. Why are you so impatient? Yeah, it was. It was. I have the best staff in the country. It was. When asked, direct quote was, "Why would I?" That, but also, no, I wouldn't do anything differently. After a four and twenty-eight year, yeah, yeah. that's like, man, that is that is next level uh, lack of self-awareness, man, or just stubbornness, or whatever you want to call it. It's a it's a nice big combination of all of it, and it, at the end of the day, it's not good for anybody in a leadership position, let alone somebody who who basically the fate of of a lot of things in the athletic department and the you know the city for crying the out city, loud city downtown uh fans well-being <laughs> mental well-being just the, you know people that spend a lot of money just too much money at stake millions and millions of dollars not to mention the you know the the emotional investment from so many people like it's it's not it's not a a, a trait that i've ever I'm on the record of saying this a lot of times. Just I don't respect that in a leader, you know. And, and we're seeing the fruits of that at this point. The improvement I think comes almost com- almost completely from the fact that we have yeah better players who get along better than last year. And whatever credit you want to give Kenny for that talent upgrade, absolutely, he gets that. But I don't think there's a talent upgrade in the world available to him with the one top twenty recruit top 30 recruit available really one top 100 recruit available actually um and the transfer portal that's going to all of a sudden make kenny a better head coach the other i would also i think it's fair to point out i think some others have made this point having a great recruiting class on tap did nothing for scott satterfield yes and his results were obviously far better but when it came time to for, con- for, uh, for a contract extension and raise talks, and we all knew it was time to either commit, you know, proverbial that, or get off the pot with him, Josh told him, kick rocks. And he did. Yeah. With the recruiting class th- we've kind of never seen before on, on the hook. So thinking that that's somehow going to change things or, or work in his face, when it didn't work for someone who was doing better, doesn't make an ounce of sense either. Like when we have to... You have to take so much on faith, too, with this conversation where it's like, okay, yeah, you, you're going to get Carter Knox. You're going to get uh, Sanon to reclassify or whatever. Uh, you're going to have a really, really good showing in the transfer portal. None of that can come through until after the season, you know, when the transfer portal opens in March. Is, is it March? It's the day after Selection Sunday, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yep. So March 16th or whatever it is. Um how can we possibly just take all that on faith? We got to make moves. We've seen what you do with an upgraded roster, and, and we don't see the we don't see the framework for a successful tenure. It's over. Promises for talent upgrades aren't enough. Let's get uh, Damien in here next. Who's been waiting? Damien, thanks for waiting. Welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey guys, thanks for taking my yep. call. Um, I just want to say that. Um, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, Mark, I'm glad you came back safe. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, Oh, you're welcome. I just want to say that this article, when I first read it, really just infuriated me. But then I started laughing because I, I remember what Drew had said on Thursday on his show, that this is just that, – that the that the KP mafia doesn't have any bullets left in the chamber. And this is the la- and this is like a last desperate attempt by one of their ilk to try to justify bringing Kenny back for a third year. I mean, you know, last year when, when everything went down and the season was over – how many times did I call in my own self talking about how we should have gotten Davion McKnight before he went yes, to Xavier? I mean, that was a player that we could have definitely used on this team, you know. And, and But no, Kenny was, you know, just bullheaded because he wanted to get freshman players, and he barely used the transfer portal as it is. Yeah, he got Trey White, he got Sky Clark out of the transfer portal, but he got young transfers, players that didn't even really play respectively outside of Trey White on their team. So, I mean, I, I didn't understand what his whole philosophy is. And now we're supposed to hang our hopes on these uh, quote-unquote fictional international players and Carter Knox and this other guy that's going to potentially reclassify who might not even play because we saw what happened with Trenton Flowers. I just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and, and try to blame somebody for this mess. 
But this is why I advocated for him being let go after UK because now we got all this this this, this stupidity coming out now with Rick, with Rick Bozo, who I'm sorry, I call him Bozo because I don't have respect for him. I mean, Biscuit, you have your opinion, but I've never had respect for him after the way he disrespected Coach Crum when he was at the Courier Journal, him and Pat Forty. So I don't have any respect for him. I never had any respect for him. So and now I really don't have respect for him now uh, because of this 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 puff piece article that he wrote. It just totally makes no sense. So, you know, Rick, you know, uh, we might be, you know, I'm, I'm one of those fans that's been howling, quote-unquote, or whatever. But, I mean, I'm sorry. The results speak for themselves. This is one of the absolute worst hires ever. Kenny is an arrogant man who never, never takes responsibility for what he does. He'll throw everybody and their mama underneath the bus to get out from everything. And I, for one, am just sick and tired of him and just wish him to be gone. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Y'all have a wonderful show. Appreciate it, uh, Damon. I don't look. Thanks, I'm not going to change uh, what other people have to say. We're not going to do bozo and all that stuff. But I, I don't. I don't want this to be as personal as that article is. I don't. It I don't like be. right. And I don't like the article. What I, my, my fear is, uh, I see a lot of people like. Well, this is clear. He's just trying to be like the good cop to Air Crawford's bad cop. No, guys, I, it's not that cynical. But what I, I he believes this. It's clear. I can't imagine someone being willing to do this who didn't actually believe it. What I fear is that it's really groundwork for submarining the next guy and Chris Macking the next guy. And we just we will not need that. We can't have that. And it's groundwork for he should have could have had these two guys on the roster next year. All that stuff. But the thing is, you know what stops that? The next guy doesn't get those guys, and is still immediately better than Kenny Payne. That, that just cuts the argument out from under him, regardless. And I agree with you. I mean, I brought that up. I agree with you that that's the the line of of you know argument that's probably going to come up next year. You know, the first first time first sign of anything. That's just not the point. Like we can't. We're at a point where we've seen what a, a talent upgrade does, and then we see the same mistakes at a, at a, to a lesser degree overall. But it's hard not to be at a lesser degree when your first season was four and twenty-eight. You know, uh, it's just a, uh, this is not enough improvement to show anything, and not the type of improvement to show me that you know what you're doing as a head coach. And this is not me insulting. Like, I think Kenny's an intelligent guy. I think he knows the game, but there's a difference between knowing the game. And being able to run a major college basketball program. Uh, we got Harold and Jerry, and then we're going to take a break here. Harold, welcome into the drive on 9th and the Bell. What's up, buddy? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, just buddy. want to say that you, you all um, are having a conversation, and I think you all brought up some very, very important points. I think um, talking about things that are happening on the recruiting trail without, um, even if it's your opinion, without grounding it in something. Um, other than your opinion, when you aren't a recruiting expert, yeah. um, it is questionable. Um, and I didn't even think about that. And so I, I appreciate you all raising that point. Um, you know, for me, I think that we can say all of these things, but um, our head coach has demonstrated to me an inability to adjust or to um, make um, the types of choices that suggest um, things will change. Um, as, as much as, um, you know, I like the idea of a year three just for the sake of keeping him after year one, um, there is no case there. There is no argument there that anything will change. There is no argument that um, bringing in talented freshmen, like you all said, will get them to play defense. And, and for me, I just go back to what happened to our freshmen last year on last year's team. When I think about we had Fabio, we had Reed, but um, we had freshmen who are no longer with this program. You know, this team will continue to remain young. This team will continue to um, need defensive coaching. And um, it is disappointing to, to sort of hear the, the contradictory statement. Um, it's infuriating as someone who's listened to the 502 Circle um, advertisements who have who's seen, um, you know, folks get NIL deals to then turn around and um, – See that you know our basketball program isn't using this stuff. When um, for as long as I've been alive, um, basketball could print money. 
I mean, and that's what it just befuddles me. You can't look me in my eye and tell me that a program that could print money, that could run the city, um, can't uh, doesn't have access to funding. I think the only reason it wouldn't have access to funding is because you wanted to do things your own way, which again suggests to me that regardless of every advantage or opportunity that's given to you, you will continue to want to do things your own way until others force you to do them differently or you find out that because you did things your way, you're no longer, um, you know, employed. And so I, I just, I just think that. Um, those types of things really are what matters most, and um, those are the types of things that this piece sort of fails to address in a meaningful way that, um, you know, again, I, I just wanted to hop over here and reiterate what you said, because I think it's just so important for us to um, take a step back and just think, like, you can't say that young people can't play defense, but that young people are the are the future. We can't talk about having um, talent at the top half of the ACC and how that's going to change our lot when we have one of the most talented teams currently in the ACC. Uh, you know, when the same sorts of hand down three balls in your face are continuing to happen. That's what gets on my last nerve that we continue to have open three point shooters. I, I will never get over that. That is the most simple adjustment that as a team we could make. It's getting a hand up and being in front of three-point shooters. And for whatever reason, we don't do that. So it just, I can't see a path forward with anything that would suggest um, any sort of, anything would change, period. I mean, we could have the number one recruiting class. Yeah. And that's not going to make them put a hand up in somebody's face. So great work. Like, do this because what you all are talking about and the nuance you're bringing to this particular piece, not political piece, particular piece, <laughs> is um, very necessary and important. So, thank you. You all have a great afternoon. Appreciate it, Harold. Harold, as always. Uh, love Harold. I love all the power thing, guys. Uh, and the prominence with which uh, they are growing daily. I have to Absolutely, hop back in man. Uh, with those guys. I love all those guys. I support Jerry, all that. Welcome into the job. Before we take a quick break here, buddy, what's up? Oh, that me? Yes, sir. What's up? Okay. Uh, well, my wife and son and I went to the uh, Journey concert Saturday night over at KFC. I'm jealous. And uh, I am jealous of that. Oh, my gosh. What a great time. I mean, we got there. I guess we had our seats probably 20 minutes before uh, Toto came on. You know, they were the warm-up band. My God, they were good as Journey. But... Uh, my point is, as we were, you know, we parked, we're walking in. Of course, there's a mass of people, great crowd. And we're walking in. And I used to watch them build the KFC Yum Center when they were working on it. And I'd walk across the bridge and just stand there and watch. I live in Clarksville. And, um, and I would just imagine what it would look like, you know, with the men's basketball team rocking and rolling. And, and they did, you know, during the wreck years. But uh, I walk in there now, and we're back up trying to get in, you know, trying to get through the gates. There are people everywhere. And I'm looking around. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit sad. My son asked me, you know, what's going on? I said, man, just imagine what this place used to look like. I mean, it, this is what it used to look like. People lined up at gates trying to get in. You know, you're going through the the uh, the checkers, and you know, check the metal checkers and stuff like that. And, uh, and I'm sitting there, I, I don't know, it just made me sad. You know, we've been to games this year where, you know, there might be, what, four or 5,000 people. And yeah, we're walking along along this big mass of humanity, going up the escalators, and everybody hip to hip, you know, and just sure. backed up. And, and I don't know. I guess I might be rambling a little bit here, but it. Uh, it I, we can be like that again. And I'll tell my son, my God, I hope our next coach is somebody we can be proud of, and and like Rick was, turned around and and go. But it's such a uh, it's such a downer. But I got over it, and I ended up enjoying the concert. So, um, but anyway, I don't know. I thought about that, and as I was listening, to you guys talk this afternoon. I thought, oh, heck with it. I'm gonna call in, and let them know how I'm feeling, and and let them know that I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure there are a lot of fans out there like me. But anyway, listen, guys, I'll let you go. I appreciate you taking my call. So, Thank you have you, a good Jerry. one. Go appreciate cards. it uh, as always. I think people miss that too. Uh, uh, yeah, I. Just uh, for, to let everybody know, like I get in uh, the car when when Louisville plays on a weeknight, and I try to race down to the Yum Center. I used to, I'll let it. Uh, I used to dread that drive because from here to the Yum Center, we're on campus. 
at UofL. From here to the Yum Center, it's not very far, and it take it used to take forever. Yeah, to get to the parking garage where they have media parking, like it, it would. I and I I have an irrational hatred of just inching through traffic anyway. And so that's do, not that irrational of a hatred, to be honest with you, Mark. I, I'm afraid I'm irrational. <laughs> okay, that's just totally. I hate it too to the point where like I'll just get off the highway whenever I can, or get just take another route when I know it's going to be longer, just so I can move the whole time. Yeah, for, I'll, I'll go longer if I'm moving. Yeah, yes, that's ex- you're 100 percent right. Uh, and now I just can just go straight. Yep. And, and I I miss that. I'm I now miss traffic. I will trade. Yes. This these days of no traffic and getting in and yeah. out of the I'm ready garage. to wait. Back for wins in a respectable make media wait program. again. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Very jealous that he went to Journey in Toto. Like, I had that circled from the time it was announced. I just couldn't. I didn't end up going, but everybody knows how much I love Toto and I love Journey. It was right up my alley. That set list was like fire, too. I was jealous. I was jealous. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back. We'll open the phones back up here, let you guys continue to sound off. Uh, Anyone who ever accuses you all of being apathetic, uh, I basically have had to like squeeze off the phone line uh, so that just so we can take breaks and it fills right back up. As soon as I open it back up again, I know it'll be the same way on the other side here. I'm driving so many topics and it just doesn't. We're not going to get to them. Telling you, we're just not going to get to them. Right back. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull, phone lines, they are back open. 8150 93.9. That's the number. If you'd like to get in here, 3831 93.9. I'm happy. Look, I'm not happy to have spent this much time on this piece uh, or the expensive piece, uh, nonsensical stuff that, that's in it. Uh, but I'm glad to have the conversation because it kept us from having to talk about court storming. Right. We did have a text earlier. It was like, have we been turned into a school that will court storm? And the answer is no. I hope not. Uh, but what your your react? I've been surprised almost by all sides of this. Yeah, uh, and the discussion about it, uh, and it, and I'm I I don't I don't even know how I feel about court storming anymore. Right. <laughs> I I think if it was not a Duke player, I wonder. I, I don't, maybe I would feel differently uh, than I do. I love, for instance, our field storming here after the Notre Dame win. And we all have others uh, in in football history, at least, where when it's organic and it is the overflowing uh, joy that just sort of makes it happen. And it's it's unique to college because pro teams don't storm the field or the court ever, nor should they. Uh, You get you get uh, you get right. Close lined. Right. You get the mouse. That's right. the, the boundaries are hard and fast. You, they don't yes. go in the crowd. You don't come on the floor. But in college, what I've always loved about it is that it was like a reminder that they are part of a larger student body. Sure. You know, and it was like a way for all of us to celebrate and all of us to sort of feel like it's a part of it. And for 45-year-old men to remember what it was like to be a part of that and realize, oh, man, that's a lot farther down there <laughs> than I, I realized. Sorry, I didn't mean to. But the, no, sorry. it's cool when they... Like, I, I stayed in the stands and kind of took it in yeah. uh, during Notre Dame. But, like, seeing people take their kids down there, you know, and, and the players revel in it, uh, it's awesome to watch, especially in football. But you have a whole lot more room in football to spread out. But it does, like, it does seem like sometimes, 
Like those Wake Forest kids were running right at that dude. Yes. They were not running for Wake Forest players. And they, they, you can see these putsy kids whipping their phones out. Yeah. Uh, and, and I... I vehemently disagree with all of you who have made who have made some argument that like he made he initiated the contact or whatever. Like a, a wall of people running at you exactly. with uh, with Wake Forest plaid and overalls and stuff yes. on. I'm going to cover up too. Uh, Even like the the instinct to extend his arms. Right. It wasn't like oh he initiated. Dude, it was a wall of people. There was a thousand kids coming towards him. As much as we all hate Duke, and trust me. We all hate Duke, and we're not trying to defend Kyle Filipowski. But there was a wall of humanity running at him, and he was trying to protect himself. And that was the instinct. Also, those Wake Forest fans should have known. He's going to know how to take a charge here. (laughs) You're not going to get that call. That was the first time I've heard that today. That was good. Good job, Like you got to know it's going to go that way. But I'm equally shocked to hear, for instance, Jay Billis say they should just arrest them all. Like, basically, like, once they get on the floor, just lock the doors and you're all arrested. Good luck, by the way. Like in in, uh, uh, Lean On Me, when he's like, you are all expurgated. Like, you can't can't, uh, mass arrests? What are we doing? But I don't know what I, I do not know what the solution is. I, don't I know either. like European soccer, right? Like you, you, if you run on the field, the next game you get no fans. Yeah. The SEC finds people. It stops nothing. I don't know what it is, and I don't think I want it to go away. But it just seems like a lot messier. And I hate when I get the feeling that it's being done to sort of mess with the team they just beat. Like if they ran and just ignored the Duke players to go yeah. celebrate, we're not having this conversation. But y'all ran right at the dude. The, yeah, and there was a lot of you. Yeah. Like, and after he fell, there was people like pushing on him, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it, I'm not. It's just it's not safe. We know the current situation isn't safe. And remember, like when when there was a chance of a court storm, they would put up the tape. And they would try to have a like a tunnel for the opposing players to get off the court. Problem is the immediacy, the immediacy of the court storm in basketball. Fans can get from their seats in the end zone to the players in seconds. In football, you have so much more room to mill about. The players are wearing pads. <laughs> you know, like there's, it, there's, there's. It's really just a different level of danger. And this is not being like soft about it you know i want it to continue i think it's so uniquely college yeah. and there's nothing cooler than watching a, a court fill up quickly with students and the players just going nuts with their classmates it's maybe the only time everybody feels like their classmates honestly because they're like a they're just a different class of, of people on the you know the ruling class on campus right. you know they have a different they have a different experience than everybody else does but there's player safety there is. Caitlin Clark had an incident earlier this year, however you feel about it. Um, obviously, Kyle Filipowski here. Yeah, I don't love it, the like the other team still being out there. and it, it's, you know, In these situations that are highly emotionally charged, you know, the, you're asking for for people to get swung on and, and oh, yeah. or in Filipowski's case, for someone to get hurt, yeah. uh, potentially. Uh, just let them get off the floor. That's and now, all you got to do. The players have never been worth more money either to themselves or the school. You know, I, I actually had the thought, and I hate doing these like doom, worst case scenario yeah. kinds of things, but like, I'm, if if Filipowski has like some sort of NIL deal, we're going to be suing Wake Forest students? Right. 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 Is he? We gotta figure, Especially if they identify who it was, you know? let them off the floor. Yeah. That's all you've got to do. But I don't know how you hold back the crowd for... I think you got to be prepared for it. You know, the the arrest everybody thing is hilarious though. Like, how many cops do you think work? Holy crap! (laughs) How many security? Like, if you added the security guard and the cops together, security guards and the cops together, you're not controlling like four thousand students or whatever that are that are crashing the floor, man. That's not happening. We had a texture on the V show that actually had a really good solution. You just use the shot clock after the game ends. Wait thirty seconds, get the teams off the floor, and then rush it. But that's the whole point of court rushing is that it's spontaneous. I know, I know. Well, okay, we can't do that. I know, but I'm saying like, would they even still rush the court? I don't know if the if the home team players are off the court. Like it's, I don't know. It's like you, it's hard enough holding the kids back until the final buzzer is what I'm trying to say. You know, true. 
I mean, maybe you make it like, look, if you, if any of you break through before the the fifteen or twenty second or thirty second, whatever buzzer, we're revoking your season tickets and you're getting charged. You know, then that's maybe that's the only way you do it. Well, can we? Yeah, you should at least make it known to everybody because, like, you go to games, they're like, don't pay the kids. Right, like, like you know, they got all the compliance messages and stuff. Yeah. Like all, like, can we just if you rush the floor and you touch anybody for the other team, you're out of here for good, for life. Leave for life. them alone. Yeah. Yes, you're banned forever. Yeah. We talk about fans overstepping all the time, and then you at least have to have a conversation about uh, court storm etiquette. You know, I mean, you do have to protect the other. There's, there's just too many emotions involved. How many vile things are the fans yelling at some of these kids when they're on the court? You know, I'm not telling you not to do whatever you want, you know. I mean, whatever you're comfortable with in your life. But their emotions are high. And you get a, somebody who's been drinking beer the whole game. They run on the court and they get to yell in Filipowski's face or they get to shove him from behind or whatever. Like, that's, that's a that's – I mean, we, we make fun of Calipari for the way he, he complained after the watch shot. But it's a legitimate conversation that you need to have. I don't want to get rid of court stormings, but you got to make so, you have to have some way to protect and insulate the visiting players because that's a it's a powder keg for sure. It's, well, it, you're competitive. These emotional situations, obviously, you just you're, it just seems it's too easy for this thing to go really wrong, either in terms of antagonizing the other team or what happened with Filipowski, which did not. Look, I mean, that's you can't run somebody over there, is an or someone a fan is going to get hurt. Yeah. Which is far more likely. Because you got a lot of big physical, like the best athletes on the floor. They're all stronger than you think. Yeah. And they'll, they'll deck As you. As we saw with Cam Newton. Oh. These guys are significantly <laughs> bigger and more athletic than you might possibly realize in person. And like Cam Newton, he's not even hiding it. He looked like me wrestling my kids. Cam, yeah, Cam, Cam Newton's 6'6", 240. 250 probably now he's not playing 260 and, and Adonis he is beating up one guy while just holding another grown adult yeah. in a headlock and not letting him go it's one of I just feel like in some situations some people just be like just go ahead and let him get, just let him finish this off here I saw his Pharrell hat never moved either was, yeah <laughs> the, fir- the first time I saw the video it was like yeah Cam Newton gets jumped at his camp and I watched the video I go you consider that being jumped like yeah also that's that's not accurate (laughs) dude the guy played against the or uh, behind the o-line of the carolina panthers you don't think he can move around other guys you're not tj watt you're not you're not von miller yeah you're not doing nothing Uh, levitar kind of made that joke he's like where did that guy learn to dodge 11 people coming after him at once (laughs) where that might have come from like and look it was him versus everybody when he was at auburn too and he won a freaking national championship out of it you are not ready for this sir and the fact that he did all of that without that hat even moving was amazing it was like there's like some velcro under there no no i don't i think that's just how easy it was for him it means all of your like slamming into him and whatever else that was happening did not vibrate anywhere well that's what cracks me up about people who talk slick about professional athletes you know what i mean that's what will happen to you if you and your buddies rush that guy like i've i've been in a locker room with future pros you don't want any part of any of them. I'm telling you. You don't want any part of the DBs you talk about. That's right. Like, you talk about somebody being burnt toast in Louisville's backfield. You don't want any part of them. That's right. There's about 2% of the population that could fight. 90, Anyone in the NFL. Almost anybody in a college locker room. You know, like, no, let alone an NFL locker room. That's I promise right. you. They're all young dudes but at the peak him? of their, their athletic prowess. Like, forget it, man. Definitely not him. Yeah. All right, let's get back uh, to the phone Kim's here. Tim's a freak. Tim, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? Hey, man. hey buddy. Hey, um, so, you know, I, I think probably the – well, first off, with the court storming, I couldn't care less. Get rid of it, keep it, whatever. I think it'd be – if they got rid of all court and field storming, it would be funny just because Clemson would be so pissed because um, <laughs> they couldn't do their – FaceTime at the paw. Yeah, and the other thing was, like, you know, just make it fun. Give, like, you know, say you can storm the court, but, like, every security person gets, like, a taser and they get one shot, and it's just, like, they get to get five people. And if you're not one of the five, then you go on the court. But if you're one of the ones they get, then, you know, that's what you signed up for. Um, Have it kind of be like a running of the bulls kind of thing, you know. Uh, But (laughs) as as far as the – 
As far as the Rick Bozich thing, I know it. I think it resonates with the people I've talked to more so. Not anything to do with the fact that it's Rick, but this is kind of like Kenny speaking in non hyperbole, like for the first time ever. Like like what you all were saying. This is what's going through his mind. And uh, you know, I, I know Drew had talked this morning, and I heard you all talking about it. It's like. It's the assistance time in line to get thrown under the bus. Yeah. And they were kind of like the last ones to get to get to it. And I know over the weekend there was reporting that you know this kid that came and visited or his parents, like the assistant coaches, didn't even know he was going to be here, which kind of goes in line with you know what we saw in this article, which was Kenny like railroading his assistants. And I mean, if you think about the fact though that we've got like this whole bench of. Danny Manning, who we all know Kathy has alluded to, has no business being involved in coaching at all. And, you know, I know there's talk that him and Nolan Smith maybe don't see eye to eye on things, and that's why Nolan tried to get it out. I mean, you look at Josh Jameson, you know, uh, uh, Wagner. And that's all you do is look at Josh Jameson, and he looks back at you. Yeah, and I'm just like – Imagine, like, who in the hell of, like, a million Brian Van Gorders would come work on this staff if he did move people? And, I mean, that's the thing. He's just going to insulate himself further with so-and-so you've never heard of that probably isn't even in basketball right now or, you know, is another Josh Jameson that, that, that... people that still answer the phone for Kenny Payne send this way. I mean, that's the problem. We've got a rock bottom coaching staff to the point where Danny Manning is kind of like the best assistant, I guess you would say on an X's and O's standpoint. But you need a complete overhaul of your X's and O's, and there's just no coach worth their salt that wants to work beyond next year would sign up for that. And it's, I mean, like, kind of when Kenny didn't replace the guys last year, whether Kenny ever planned on it or not, those are like his ride or die at that time. Uh, because, like, you nobody's coming. So, um, but yeah, I think it just, you know, it's it's a whole lot more scapegoating. It's a whole lot of playing the hits. You feel bad for Carter Knox in that he's now been a propaganda tool twice to prevent firing in one season. Um, And it kind of shows the loyalty that his family has to Kenny to be used as a pawn like this over and over again. And, you know, and then there's random kid from France or whatever it is. I mean, like, just like throw throw the dice or, you know, get out the globe, spin it and just stick your finger down. And that's where the kid's coming from this year. Um, and it's just it's it's kind of sad, you know. It's real laughable. It really does show. We're going to have to change the locks and do a Rick Patino on him because he's going to go out kicking and screaming. Um, and uh, it's just sad, but that's what we've gotten to. Uh, have a good one, boys. All right, talk to you later. Good to talk to you uh, as always, Tim. You know, it, I think the piece would at least be somewhat more palatable. Uh, and I'm talking moderately more power if there were equal portions could have challenging kenny to be different but basically this article is the players aren't right the assistant coaches and the support personnel aren't right it the administration needs the back there's him, ne- you know? like are incapable uh, things aren't good under kenny but it's never kenny's fault and there's never any quotes or like you know how amazing it would be if the one person that Kenny talks to got him to admit, I should have done something differently? Good luck. And, quote, like, and how much good that would do for Rick and Kenny. But the problem is Rick doesn't try to get it, and Kenny doesn't think he does anything wrong. And, and, and when it comes to the conversation about even if you did want to make coaching changes, think about they had two more people they could hire this year, and they just elevated two people from internally. Yeah. Including Milt Wagner, who we all were comfortable with bringing him on because it was in a non-basketball Quasi role. Quasi-basketball role. Yeah, right. it was It was really in an alumni role. You know, and it's like, all right, this doesn't take up a, a, a spot that another warm body could be occupying. And then all of a sudden, he, we miss out on DJ Wagner. Him. And in response to that, we elevate him to a coaching position. It's like, guys... What are we doing? You're like, not only did you not make coaching stats, I feel like you doubled down on the issues you had last year. 
Which is why the idea of making the changes that everyone thought would just be automatic after last year, the idea of making them now, it makes you cynical about them. Like, well, why are you doing it now? Yeah, because last year you told us that it was like you were unnecessary. It was ridiculous. Yeah, you were just uh, blown away by the fact incredulous that about it. Incredulous right? is a great word uh, that we would even ask about it. Let's get uh, Jerome in here before we get too close to the top of the hour. Jerome, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive when I found the bell. What's up? I'm going to follow Tim here. First, a thought on the court storming. Sure. This morning, Diener was talking about needing to make um, the punishment more punitive because the fines, and then when they figured out that the ACC doesn't even have a fine for court storming, but um, and I don't care one way or the other whether they do it, but I think that something that would certainly be more punitive is you forfeit the win. You know, if, if the, the kids or the students decide to storm the court, well, then you forfeit the win. Like I say, I really don't care, but that's certainly more punitive, maybe too far. Um, on Coach Payne, yeah. in this article, you were asking earlier for one word that would maybe describe it to you. Yeah. And I didn't read the article. I've, I've just listened to what you have uh, kind of gone over with it this afternoon, you and Dave. Um, and for me, it's incendiary. Because I'm fuming after just hearing what you've said about it. Because, you know, we were sold this fantasy of what Coach Payne was going to be. And he hasn't been any of that. Um, We haven't gotten the recruits. He hasn't uh, been, you know, he talked about bringing the community together in his uh, initial press conference. He hasn't done anything to bring the community together because he doesn't speak to the community. He doesn't speak to anyone. Um, And it's almost like now in this article, Bozich is trying to kind of make demands when he has no footing to make make the the demands. Um, He has no cachet left. He may have had that last year, but there's zero cachet left. The fantasy of Coach Payne is gone, and there's no TikTok filter in the world strong enough to make us think that this guy can coach anymore. Um, So, you know, I just, I cannot wait until the end of March. And uh, it's sad to say. Yep. Appreciate it, Jerome. Thank you uh, so much there. Yeah, I I think a lot of people are in the exact same place uh, mentally about that. I mean, uh, we got to talk about some of the quotes from today. Uh, on the ACC coaches teleconference, which I haven't seen yet, should I react to them in real time? Yes, I want or look that. at it. That's okay. exactly what I want. So we'll do that. We'll continue to take your calls, your text here uh, throughout, and talk about some of these other coaching uh, candidates uh, and why they all keep submarining right when we all fall in love with them. We'll talk about that too on the drive when I find the boat. Bear right back.